Vegas Fever Podcast. Jason and Paula here with you. Hello. We always have so much information just kind of just builds up. Um, a couple things going on with the Golden Knights. Um, a couple new players. Um, and some UNLV information as well. Uh, 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 you know, a little bit of everything to kind of, you know, go on, you know, go on our show today. Um, I am uh, T-Ball Coach Jason, and uh, that might be over there, Dugout Mom Paula. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see how that goes. Anyway, did you uh, did you happen to catch uh, what the Golden Knights did this week? Did you get any... Uh... They signed some new players. So Phil Kessel is going to be a Golden Knight. They got a goalie. They did get a goalie. Um, we will get to Aiden Hill in this, in in just a little bit because it 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 speaks it speaks volumes about it really speaks more about Kelly McCrimmon and you know the the staff off the ice than it really does about the team on the ice. Um, in you know in my opinion, uh, Phil Kessel one year one point five million dollars played in Arizona the last couple of years has two Stanley Cups with Pittsburgh. And Mark Andre Fleury, he was a teammate of his. Um, played in a couple of other organizations too. I think Toronto, and you know, he's 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 been around. I think he spent majority of his time with Pittsburgh. Um, he is eight games away from breaking the NHL Ironman streak, which is games played in a row without missing one. Wow. It's at 982 games. Keith Yandel, who just set this record a couple, a year or two ago, holds the record with 989. He is set to tie the record at home against Toronto and break it in San Jose. And this is on October 24th and October 25th, if he stays healthy. Now, here come the conspiracy theorists, right? You know, but the man only has eight games. So there's that aspect of it. Um, only 52 points last year for Kessel. I think it was like eight goals only, but a, a whole bunch of assists. The man is a much better player than he's proven the last couple of years. Um, and he still probably has a bunch of life left in him uh, and, and you know, a lot of tread on the tire, so to speak. <laughs> um, a comment that he made in – it was either the presser or he was talking to the me he was talking to the media in like a car. It was it was kind of it was kind of weird. But he said it's really nice to go to a team that wants to win. And that that's kind of like a backhanded insult at Arizona. Like, I mean, hey, look, every team wants to win, but it's nice to go to an organization that wants to win. I think that right now that's kind of that's iffy with what I've seen from the Golden Knights the past couple of off seasons. Do they want to win? Or do they just want to just throw money away to get on the right side of where they need to be? I think that, I don't understand your take on that. I think it's very obvious they want to win and they're not doing, they think they're doing everything they can to win except getting the right players and letting the players play. I don't I, I think they're trying to go above and beyond trying to win. 
ever since the first season. Which is fair. I don't think they're going about it the right way. And this is a great debate because you're absolutely right. I'm not wrong, but you're right. So it's kind of a, you know, both kind of this on the same way, you know, going on the same way to me. When you just give away Max Pacioretty for nothing <coughs> and Marc-Andre Fleury for nothing, that doesn't signal to me that you're doing everything you can to win because those guys should be with the Golden Knights, in my opinion, still to this day. Also, I give Ryan Reeves, you at least got a draft pick for that guy. Agree with that, but so, they made silly decisions. You know, Leonard and... To me, it comes across as they wanted so badly to win they couldn't see something that's right in front of their face yeah i mean it's funny how the go and we're going to get to the goalie you know the goaltender room for the golden knights it's really funny how it's changed in the past year because you've gone from you know a couple of guys with a lot of experience to a whole bunch of guys with not much um or that are not really high up in the uh goaltender chain of of you look at this guy and you're like, yeah, that's that's a really good uh, that's a really good goaltender room backup and, and you know a starter and backup. Mm -hmm. They went from having that to not um, to having a lot of questions. It's funny because Kelly McCrimmon is talking about the Phil Kessel signing because every time there's a signing or a trade, he's got to go out there in front of the media and talk about it, et cetera, et cetera. During that press conference, he says he confirms the double hip surgery for Leonard. <laughs> he I'm also sorry. confirms that Laurent Brassois and Logan Thompson are the goalie tandem five days ago. My problem with this team and its management is that stop bullshitting everybody. We're not stupid. We know that you're going to be, we know that you're a buyer of goaltenders. A, we, we know you're looking at them. Now, San Jose, who they got Aiden Hill from, was heavy on goaltenders. They had maybe one World War II too many. So we, it's no secret. Just as much as it's no secret that the Golden Knights are... He comes across to me like he don't even know what's going on, and they tell him last minute. He, so. look, he looks like he doesn't know what's right. going on. Right, I mean, on. I know that he's... We all know it's really George McPhee pulling the strings. I feel like they just tell him, say this, do this. <coughs> So Excuse like me. parade, so like parade this man out there in front of the media to look like a jack. He looks like a jackass. You know what I mean? But and look, if it's George McPhee, quickly, so. I mean, that's true. You know, and they can. And, it, you know, and I, you know, in sports and in these businesses of owning and running a team, it can. But I, I mean, obviously, George McPhee is pulling the strings and he's just sending this poor schmuck out there to just deal with the collateral. So five days ago, that's the goaltender room. Um, Kelly McCrimmon said the timing of Leonard's surgery took them out of free agency and essentially the trade market on goaltenders. Um, in the internal meetings, they See, agreed. Cool crap. They knew he needed surgery before that. They knew he wasn't right. Before they just threw away Max Pacioretty too. Right. I'm sure they knew that as well. Internally in their meetings, they have agreed that they believe the two goaltenders they believe in them and they think that they uh, both have earned this opportunity. First off, there was absolutely no guarantee that Laurent Brassois is going to start the season, <laughs> that he's going to start the season, not on the injured list. I mean, that's a big deal. 
he's obviously going to start the season on the injured list. So now you're going to bring in Aiden Hill, who's six foot six, by the way. He's a big dude, 26 years old, um, six foot six. Had a decent year for San Jose. He also is, uh, you know, he he's also been in Arizona. So Arizona traded him to San Jose for they got a couple of picks for Aiden Hill at the time, and the VGK sends a fourth round pick to san jose so they only lose one draft pick at this time um for aiden hill who obviously is going to be logan thompson's backup Mm -hmm. logan thompson should be the starter i'm not really sure what confusion there is on that it's pretty obvious that he should be the starter to me numbers on hill 906 goals against uh or 906 save percentage sorry 2.66 goals against um, his career number is pretty good, uh, just about right there at 908 and 2.74. Hill was 15 and 5 in the 2019-2020 AHL season, um, allowing less than two and a half goals per year. Um, I mean, I'm fine with it. The only thing that I'm, you know, we're starting to have an issue with again here is okay, so. I really don't like math, but if we're going to do math, we're going to do the fact that you've got Shea Weber, however much money he's going into LTIR, Robin Leonard, LTIR, Nolan Patrick is going to start the year on LTIR. I don't even know why we're de- I don't even know why Nolan Patrick is even in the conversation anymore. This poor kid should probably just not play hockey anymore. Um, you've got a whole bunch of LTIR, but you're adding. So tell me what happens next year. When we go through this whole hula hoop rigmarole again. This is all they're doing. And it's it's like they're just, everything is on loan. Uh, I'm just, I'm just you know. beyond ridiculous. At some point, you're going to have to just say, F the season. Let's get back where we need to be. And then we'll go from there. Next year, you know, they are banking that the cap is going to go up by a lot. And it might be 90, look, it's 82 and a half, I think right now, million dollars. It might be 90 next year. And that's wonderful for the goal. It might be 102 years. That's wonderful. You know what I mean? That the cap is going to go up 8, 12, almost $20 million in a couple of years. So all that means is that they're just going to spend more money. And they're not going to take account to what they have. Robin Leonard's still under contract for two more years. It just seems like they're not, they're still playing this game. You made they'll your bet. It, right? they, they'll play it until they can't anymore, you know. and then they'll be back at square one, which is maybe what they need. I, I'm not sure. And then also, we're getting less and less money to sign Nick Haig, who is the only one left unsigned, who is young and who is promising, who is a really good de- you know defenseman. These signings are cutting into his money. He's a restricted free agent. He still has a contract, but do we really want to go through the year like this? You know what I mean? It gets kind of awkward when a player is a restricted free agent and they know that unrestricted is coming. You know, it's we, we, we've got to get this deal done and everybody else is done but him. And you're signing guys and you're not signing him. I'm a little confused. Are we trading him? Maybe. Maybe that's how we get. Some of you know, it's not a ton of cap relief with Nick Hague. He's, he's still on the rookie deal, 
it's not like it's five million, six million, seven million. So I don't really know what we're waiting for. Um, this from Puckpedia at Puckpedia on Twitter after acquiring Hill for two point one seven five million, VGK is over the cap by eleven million. With 21 players, 13 forwards, six defensemen, two goalies on projected roster, plus Nolan Patrick, Weber, Leonard, and Brassois, all on IR. Weber 7.8 and Leonard 5, which is 12.8 million, can, can potentially exceed the cap, effectively giving them at this point $1.8 million in cap space to sign Nick Hague, which is fucking nothing. So I'm not exactly sure how we're going to go about that. That's above, way above my pay grade and your pay grade. That is up to these people who continue to borrow against themselves to figure out. Interesting note on Phil Kessel. He was number 81 in his travels. He cannot be number 81 because that is Jonathan Marcheseau's number. So he gladly gave up 81 in a heartbeat, and he will be number 8, um, which is so... Hockey players are really weird and superstitious, so this is interesting. There wasn't – look, I don't know if he and Marceau had a talk. I'm sure there must have been some kind of communication, but he gave it up so easy. It's almost wondering, like, maybe he's superstitious against that number now because of the year he had. He had a down year. He's kind of had a yeah, down couple years in Arizona. So Marshall maybe it's first on the team. I, I mean, that's so, true. I, mean, that just, is, I think that, maybe you're reading a little bit too much into it. I think it's a good signing for Vegas. Um, to get Kessel, the, there was obviously a need in the forward department. You know what I mean with you know the loss of Pacioretty, um, and 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 the, and the guy is durable. Clearly, um, he's able to stay healthy. So, I mean, does it make me feel better that they got him and 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 just gave Pacioretty away? I mean, maybe a tiny tiny bit. I don't – I mean, honestly and truly, I'm not sure if Vegas is a playoff team. What we'll do in the next few episodes is we'll do our we'll do our picks okay. for divisions. Um, I don't know if I see Vegas in the top three. I can really tell you that it's going to be really hard. And you might find this completely ridiculous, but the LA Kings are better than the Golden Knights right now. And I believe that wholeheartedly. Calgary won the division last year. They lose Johnny Goudreau. Edmonton was really good, and the Kings were – those were your three teams. And the Kings were surprising. They were. They were ahead of schedule. But in my opinion, because of – if you know what I mean? This is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business. And lately, the Golden Knights have not done what they should have done in order to secure not even a wild-card berth, even with all the injuries. And I was seeing Pete DeBoer the other day on a podcast or, or a show or something saying that he really thought – that Vegas had 94 points last year. He thought that that was enough and that, you know what I mean, all the injuries, so on and yada, yada, and so forth. Vegas's management is not giving them the ability to replace and replenish because if you are spending most of your money on three, four, five guys, if those guys get hurt, what Which do you they got? Are hurt exactly. all the time. So you're, what do you have? You're not left with any help. You got it's nothing. Stupid. The cupboard's bare. He this team in a in a few short years is going to be in trouble if they don't if they don't fix this. And they might just be too damn deep anyway. Uh with that, let's go to Paula and a word from our sponsor. 
Yeah, just a quick word from our sponsor, BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and NFL betting lines for up their 28th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for 125% sign-up bonus. Yeah, guys, fantastic uh, offer from, from BetUS. The code is RINK, R-I-N-K, for your 125% sign-up bonus. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, BetUS. You bet you win, you get paid, BetUS.com. Uh, transitioning over now to some some Run Rebel hoops. So last time we talked, uh, UNLV had lost their first game in Canada uh, on the you know three-game exhibition tour. They did make it up by winning the last two games. So UNLV 2-1. and one, on the Canadian trip and the schedule, uh, finally, at, at long last, for the Running Rebels is out, and I got to tell you, I I'm kind of just I'm 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 very disappointed. Uh, I thought it was going to be harder. Mm-hmm. Now, for for perspective, Wyoming had a really easy non-conference schedule last year, and they ended up getting in the NCAA tournament barely, but they did. Mm-hmm. So. Kevin Kruger's not dumb. He's very he's smart when it comes to this. He is playing easy teams, hoping his team, majority of the teams, are easy, hoping that they will have double digits and wins mm-hmm. in by the time they get to conference play. Is that schedule preparing you for conference play? It's not, but it's getting you confidence and putting you in the win category. So how it shapes up is that UNLV will start. Don't you off always say you- you know, people say you walk before you run. So. We're, we're we're walking, definitely. I mean, you're right. But we this is this is a this is and a, if he would have done, if he done schedule, the opposite, let's actually, just say I would not have killed him because I was expecting it. I was expecting better than what I'm seeing. So November seventh, UNLV will open the season. Um, I don't think that the okay. So I guess there's no exhibition games. I guess you could have done maybe maybe they'll do some scrimmages. Usually it's either scrimmages or exhibition games. It doesn't look like there's going to be any exhibition games. Southern, uh, whatever they are, will come to the Thomas and Mac. Uh, then they get Incarnate Wood, Incarnate Word. Sorry, let me know if you've heard of any of these. So Southern on November seventh, Incarnate Word, which UNLV has played. I recognize that school on November twelfth at the Thomas and Mac Center. Dayton, which is the best, probably the best non-conference opponent UNLV has, uh, November fifteenth. Uh, High Point, which is a school here in North mm-hmm. Carolina, they will come to Thomas and Mac on the eighteenth of November. Then UNLV goes to San Juan Capistrano, California, and plays in a little bit of a you know a small tournament. We'll call it small two game tournament. Southern Illinois, and then they get the winner of Cal Baptist against Minnesota. I really hope it's Minnesota because that would be a good opponent uh, opponent for UNLV. Then they get something called Life Pacific, November twenty sixth at the Thomas and Mack Center. They get they go to San Diego. Not San Diego State, San Diego, December 3rd. They get Hawaii at the Dollar Loan Center. Um, and they are also going to play Washington State at the Grand Garden Arena, which is a part of a game also. I believe it's Arizona and Indiana plays after them. Hmm. Uh, San Francisco they get. And Southern Mississippi. So, I mean, if I'm looking at this right now, 
if they have any more than two losses in non-conference schedule, I'm, I'm, I mean, there's going to be a problem here because one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve non-conference games. If you don't win ten, I think that the the, the thought process of making an easy non-conference schedule completely backfires. I mean, Southern, Incarnate Word, Dayton is probably a loss, even though that's at the Thomas and Mack Center. High Point, Southern Illinois, Minnesota. I mean, Minnesota's a, you know, either way game. They should beat Hawaii. They should probably beat Washington State. I mean, honestly, I, I, 10 and 2 in this non-conference slate is just, you know, maybe you pump the brakes later and you say to yourself, okay, you know, as you get closer to November, you're like, okay, well, maybe, you know what, some of these teams are a little bit better than I thought, but I was thinking I was going to see a couple more games of the tougher variety, especially year two from Kevin Kruger. Year one was the schedule in year one was tougher non-conference wise. Maybe like you said, he's looking for wins and he wants butts and seats and people come when they win. True. And the ticket prices are better. So maybe there's, a long-term goal for this, not kind of like our friends, the golden Knights that it's now, 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 <laughs> you know what, you know, there's something to that is that maybe we've gotten used to, we've gotten babied along by the professional teams in Vegas, especially the golden Knights about, you know, have having things now, you know, I want my cake now, right. You know, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to make it. I don't want to make it and watch it and watch it come to fruition. I, I just want to go buy it. I mean, to me, it sounds like maybe, like you said, he, he's setting them up for success as far as building confidence with the wins. I don't know. I'm not mad at it. No, no. I mean, I'm not either. Um, I, I would expect a better non-conference winning percentage this year than last. Which is fair, but... I mean... Again, if you can win 10 games at a conference, then you've got your conference schedule, which is 18 games. If you can win 10 out of those 18, or even half, nine, you're at more wins than you were last year. So maybe there is something to that. He's setting himself up for a little mm. bit of that because the conference, it's, you know, UNLV has a chance this year to be, you know, to be definitely in the top in the top grouping in the mountain West. It's a grind. It's a grueling grind. When you go to Laramie, Wyoming, when you go to Fort Collins, Colorado, when you go to Colorado Springs, when you go, you know what I mean? It, it's, I mean, you got to go to the pit, you know what I mean? And, in in you know, in Albuquerque, you got to go to Fresno. It's, there's not a lot of glamorous destinations. You got to go to Reno. It's, you know, they've, they've beaten the, they've beaten San Diego state a couple of times over the last few years. You know what I mean? I think the team's on the rise. I, um, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with the program overall. Um, but yeah, some work to be done for sure uh, on the non-conference scheduling. Maybe in the future, I'm sure that there's some some things going on in the future. Um, I'm sure Vegas Varsity has some things going on too. He does. He still got some sales going. And I looked on his website the other day actually, and it looks like he has some new mm. fun stuff going on some new shirts i think he's even added some hats he's done like a i don't know if it was on there before but i didn't see it like a 
retro running rebels hat it's really neat i might have to get me that <laughs> i'll have to show it to you um i was just on there the other day be and sure and use our code vfp10 for 10 percent off let's see I mean, the new, even though you're, you know, you know what I mean? It, it, it kind of didn't look like what you thought that the new, see, I like that. I like that with the running on the hat and the you know, cursive that, you know, the cursive is something I've seen before, but the, but in the non-cursive yeah, running it says retro flat. Belt. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and I noticed that he has, um, he's got the cannon, cannon hats mm -hmm. there as well. Yeah, it's definitely stuff that you're not used to seeing, and it's fun. And we also have something fun coming up, hopefully soon. Well, I mean, we're trying to definitely wrap that up, um, because that is exciting and fun, uh, for sure. Uh, Paula is over there at the Golden Wife on Twitter. Um, you could follow her. Follow me at Vegas Fever Pod. Um, be sure to subscribe uh, after you listen and let us know your thoughts. And please go check out Inside the Rink. Yes. InsideTheRink.com. Everyone there is gearing up for, I feel like we just ended hockey season and now everyone is itching for it to come back very, very soon. Yeah, so, so. camp will be opening soon and then the preseason. And then, you know, before you know it. You know, here we go again with hockey. And just before we wrap up, the Golden Knights took their annual trip to they go to northern nevada they go to idaho they go to montana and okay. they they do their, they, they had put that off the last year or two because of everything going on in, in in the world smart move by vegas to get to kind of spread the wealth and let everybody see uh how cool it is to be around hockey so a rewrap up now <laughs> no no rewrap up we already i just wanted to throw that in there before we got out of here so uh, until next time, guys, uh, give us your thoughts. We'll talk to you later. Bye.